Hello, I'm Anna Bogutskaya. And I'm Clarice Lutgrave. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. In this episode, Briarcliff hosts a special movie night and a possessed Sister Mary Eunice wreaks havoc at the asylum. Because she's gone full Satan. <laughs> the reference to last week's episode. Easter egg. I don't know why I'm going to laugh every time you say it. <laughs> am, I, am I like go full crazy weirdo and just make t-shirts that say full satan even though well it'll be of interest to you and me <laughs> look we can have podcast t-shirts oh absolutely let us know in the there's no comments tweet at us if you would like a t-shirt that says i've gone full satan i mean oh. and they'll have like a little pentagram in the background oh my god i love it <laughs> so <laughs> So we start again, third episode in a row that we start with a, not a flash forward, a flash present. We started in the present day, that's 2012, with um, Adam Levine, who is still alive for some stupid reason. And mm. Jenna Dewan Tatum, who manages to kill Bloody Face, but then another one appears. And another one. Yeah, so there's three Bloody Faces. And one of them, one of them is killed, and they're revealed to be copycats, which kind of continues yeah. with this idea of kind of murder groupies and people who are obsessed with serial killers, which we also saw quite a bit in season one. I don't really get the what they're doing. I'm gonna be honest, because not many people go into haunted places to have sex. So, have they just? Do they just go to this place every single day dressed up as bloody face? Like, ooh, today's going to be the day that somebody comes in here and we can scare them. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, like, what are they doing? This is the sort of AHS logic that actually makes no sense. Because do these three dudes just get either get dressed up as bloody face and they are just wandering around an abandoned asylum just because. And then they stumble across these two these two people and decide to go the extra mile and murder them. But it's sort of like implied that they're there specifically to seek out people to kill. Well, I feel like no. You feel like no? Like it was accidental? Because the guy shoots Jenna... Because she stabbed their friend Joey. Yes. Right? So I yes. think they went in there just to, like, scare people. Well, that makes sense. But they did also have guns. I guess they're going to, like, wave the gun. Be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Even though Bloody Face didn't kill people with guns. Yeah, so I they're being just... kind of bad murder groupies. Just go to Comic-Con if you want to dress up as bloody face so much. Just go to Comic-Con, post for a few photos and go home. Like, I don't, what are you doing? Yeah. But then they also get attacked by a fourth bloody face. 
Yeah. So the bloody face mystery continues. It's just so many cos bloody face cosplayers hanging around. It's a very messy mask situation. Because when they lift up their mask, like their faces are all gooey. That's not what you want from a cosplay, right? Well, look, sometimes you just gotta, it takes effort and you won't be comfortable. <laughs> but you gotta commit to the character. Yeah, you, you know? gotta commit to the fandom. Sometimes I wore heels all day. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just wear heels for like eight hours. Committed. <laughs> that is true <laughs> commitment and valor. Yeah. You deserve a medal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Back to 1964, we see a possessed sister Mary Eunice, who is basically trolling everyone at Briarcliff right now. So she taunts Sister Jude with uh, reminders of the hidden one. And she very aggressively tries to seduce Dr. Arden. And also murders a woman who the show only refers to as, quote unquote, the Mexican. Who is a a Latin American woman who speaks only in Spanish in in this episode. And can tell pretty much straight away that Sister Mary Eunice is possessed and her eyes go all yellow and glittery and stuff when she talks to her and yeah she gets uh, brutally murdered by Sister Satan yes Sister Satan what do you think of the of Sister Satan's vibe love it (laughs) (laughs) she's like exactly what you expect Satan to be like she's mean she's horny murderous (laughs) (laughs) did you notice that lily rab so her voice changes in this episode so once she gets possessed she starts speaking a little bit more like Nora in murder house like her voice goes a little a couple of octaves down and she's got a much kind of sultrier and much more sardonic tone to most of her delivery yeah, and even when she she moves differently, like she kind of slinks now. Even in the the moments where mm. you know she's not doing anything satanly, she's sort of slinking around, which is cool. I don't know, she's cool. <laughs> like great, I don't know, great, just great villain satany vibes from her. Oh, she's gonna be so much fun, especially because she like puts on red lipstick puts on pantyhose and literally tries to like seduce Dr. Arden in the most explicit like very Shelly vibes in that scene and he is so distraught he's like oh my god no you're my you know perfect little nun angel and I 100% want to sleep with you but also you can't want that from me because how dare you problems this guy has major problems oh yeah and if we stick to dr arden for a second one of my favorite kind of (laughs) problematic well it's not really problematic it's kind of very on the nose for dr arden he literally sees and goes to a statue of the virgin mary paints lips and nipples on her with red lipstick 
and then just stares at her and calls her a whore, which, as we've established in the last episode, is his favorite word. <laughs> Loves to say, like, I swear this entire episode, he's just walking around, but like, whore, 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 you're a whore, you're a whore, everyone's a whore. Everyone's a whore. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Take a little chill pill, Dr. Arden. Self-examine yourself a little bit first. <laughs> Yeah. he go around calling everybody whore he's obsessed like this is very much straight up the Mad- the very literal interpretation of the madonna whore complex yeah but then he smashes the statue so no one even gets to see his hard work of <laughs> nips on the virgin mary <laughs> oh dear <laughs> oh dr arden we'll come back to him in a minute but we need to talk about the movie night so there's a big storm coming, which gives the episode the title as well. The episode is called Nor'eastern, Northeastern, which is the name of uh, a type of storm. And so Sister Jude, in order to keep everyone sort of calm and distracted during the, the, the intense storm, she organizes a movie night and they're going to play The Sign of the Cross from 1932, which is a Cecil B. DeMille movie. And... Okay, so there's there's a couple things. Like, what do you make of the of the choice of film? Have you seen the Sign of the Cross? I I actually don't think so. I've seen a a lot of these sort of <laughs> classic religious movies because it was part of my um part of my uh degree at university was just watching mm-hmm. these. But I think we didn't actually cover the Sign of the Cross. This scene reminded me a lot of the the movie watching scene in Shawshank Redemption. Do you remember that? Mm. Where they're watching Gilda. Yeah, I didn't think of that. And it's this kind of, I mean, it's sort of like the only treat, right, of this institution. Like they're, they don't really have access to that much entertainment like we don't really see any books they only get like that one dominique song playing over and over again so the idea that this might be you know the first movie although you know this is set in 1964 so movies are like a big big cultural thing at this point but um the fact that a lot of these patients are kind of getting to experience a film is 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 quite sweet but obviously that is becomes also the perfect night for grace kid and lana to try to run away which they do and i i love the (laughs) i love the scene where lana turns to dr threatstone and there's kind of in this film and the episode shows us as well there's a scene where claudette colbert kind of is bathing in milk and there's a lot of like hooting and whistling at that scene and Lana kind of turns around to Dr. Threatso and it's like mm, I don't think I should be watching this considering my condition as I couldn't be excused and also because I feel like the scene they were showing it was also like another woman getting into the the milk bath because Sign of the Cross is a pre like a pre-code film so I don't it know it is a like... pre-code film yeah you're totally right and that scene actually had to be cut out after the code came into effect the Hays code in um, 1933 I think so that scene was taken out and then uh, put back in uh, when the film got restored 
and I was looking into it earlier today and actually it's it's going to get a re-release this year in August uh kind of the full version of the film with with that scene as well and as we know Ryan Murphy loves his Hollywood history so I think it's quite it's quite a sweet reference yeah and it seems very sort of intentional that they picked sign of the cross as opposed to that like hundred other <laughs> movies mm-hmm. about christians being eaten by lions because they that happened so much <laughs> <laughs> they love to show a christian being eaten by a lion well yeah the way that sister satan this you know describes a movie night it's like it's a movie full of fire sex and the death of christians i mean that's what they all they were all like that <laughs> even like when the code was even when they had the code it was still pretty like it was just interesting how like how sort of exploitation-y all of these religious movies were (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they were so rarely made for the express intent to uh you know uh spread a, a biblical you know educate the audience about the bible or spread a christian message like 99 percent of them were like oh let's like sneak in some orgies and we'll just say it's like you know a sinful orgy so it's fine but you're still watching an orgy so <laughs> let's sneak in an orgy. <laughs> yeah it's just always like you know they'll cut to the the depraved non-believers and like mm, we're having an orgy hope god doesn't punish us <laughs> And then God does punish them. It's the plot of every religious movie from the studio era. But you do still get to see an orgy, so everybody get everybody wins. Exactly. It's like the one of the Ten Commandments, and it just keeps going for like ever. <laughs> <laughs> just like the biggest like, and I think they like spent tons of money on this giant orgy. <laughs> so when Grace, Kit, and Lana try to escape again they they kind of end up coming didn't end up kind of coming back but they stumble onto they stumble onto a creature in the woods and this has been kind of hinted throughout the previous two episodes that there's something lurking in the woods that the sisters have to feed on occasion and they're kind of part of Dr. Arden's experiments but we don't really see them we just see sort of like an arm that's a little sort of like zombie zombie-esque you know like there's bits of skin and stuff chirping well now we see them in full and they're like full like radioactive mutiny like you know straight horror like they're very horror monster-esque yeah sort of like zombies i don't know they kind of look like dumb but they remind me more of like you know when it's yeah like a radioactive monster like in like in the fallout games most of the episode really of the parallel activity is happening as the movie is playing right and yeah there's an amazing monologue by jessica lang in this episode when she's remembering her accident what did you make of it jessica lang loves her monologue and ryan murphy <laughs> <laughs> loves to give her a monologue as well which one is this when she is drunk yeah so she's already like smashed when she's introducing the movie 
which is a glorious uh, moment as well that really took me back to introducing films. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, she's got like a really intense monologue where she gets like really worked up and quite tearful and she's remembering she's you know kind of talking about her guilt and the hit and run just really good drunk acting as well it's quite hard to do because you don't want to slow your words too much and be like god kill that girl you kind of have to you know find it i don't know i just think it's like really hard to do and i'm always I always think it's impressive when you see somebody who can sort of, you know, just slow their words just a little bit, so it's not mm. it's not too much and it's not too little, you know. And Jessica Lang is the best at that. Exactly. Also during the movie night, we get another scene which again kind of continues the 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 things that we were talking about in last week's episode about Doctor Arden and how scary his relationship to women is so he he tries to assault Shelley she kind of you know rejects him and I found that scene very brutal what did you think that sort of whole storyline is shot quite you know for the sort of horror that it is I guess like a real life horror because it's this very I don't know it's like a very familiar or it's a very like realistic dynamic between them mm -hmm. that um he tries to assault her and then she sort of she starts laughing at him because um he's like I, I can't I couldn't quite tell whether he like couldn't get an erection or his penis was very small because she kind of laughs at him and, and goes oh it's like you've got nothing there or something Right. Yeah, yeah. I it's not very like we don't see anything, um. But we we do get that Shelley is like shocked, and also we don't really get whether because she says, "Oh, have you been in an accident or something like that?" And and then says like, "Oh, you're like seven feet tall. I expected something different." So we don't really see what what's going on with Doctor Arden's penis, but. We definitely get that he's humiliated by Shelley. Just the way that he then turns from turns to violence so quickly, it's because it's mm. like this idea that at first he wanted the control over her through sex, and then when she mm. when she sort of starts laughing at him, and it's her way of sort of uh, resecuring some power in that moment. I think then that's him just. The, the switch from that to straight violence and he grabs something and he knocks her hits her around the head with it yeah. um like that that whole that whole sort of that whole emotional sort of switch for him and just that whole scene it's so grounded in like all our ideas of of male violence and what yeah. control and power means in those situations and how men seek control over women and it's it's really kind of um grounded as well in that kind of quite um simplistic but not untrue kind of idea of you know that women are afraid of being killed and men are afraid of being laughed at and the fact that Shelley 
in this context literally laughs at uh, Dr. Arden is the thing that kind of sets him off. The fact that it, you know, he very, over, very overtly hates women and the idea of being demeaned by a woman and and especially a patient. You know, the, the power imbalance there is very, very, very straightforward. And especially someone who he considers, uh, you know, quote unquote, a whore, very, very low down on his on his barometer of who deserves humanity and respect. So that's it's incredibly stark and you know it shifts violence incredibly quickly as you say but then also the whole episode ends with him mutilating Shelley so literally um, amputating both of her legs and taking complete control over her body which is um devastating like it's really it's really terrifying. This is a moment of true horror in the show. Yeah, and it sort of immediately places him as the the real villain hmm. of the the piece because I think especially because we've seen Sister Jude's like entire backstory now and we're starting to find some level of empathy with her despite the the horrific things that she's done we at least are starting to understand her. He is this sort of completely arch-cackling villain who who we don't know anything about. We just know that he is, yeah, he is violent and misogynistic and and cruel and, and you know, he's like a very extreme version of the sort of the mad doctor character mm. from from, like, horror the horror genre in general all horrors <laughs> you know taken to this sort of very dark and yeah like a very psychologically dark place i guess hmm. makes charles montgomery look quite good in comparison <laughs> 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 look, look who suddenly looks great now <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the the redemption of dr charles montgomery hurrah yeah um that's how the episode ends. So shall we move on to our categories? Yes. So top quote. I just liked when Shelley went, I want to go to Paris, France. <laughs> and she's talking to Grace. Who's yeah. like, she's like, yeah, I know where Paris is. I don't know why. <laughs> she just leaves a really big gap. She goes, I want to go to Paris, France. <laughs> I just love her deliveries. Nobody's dream is to go to Paris, Texas, except for people who are big fans of the movie Paris, Texas. <laughs> we all know when you say I want to go to Paris, we all know what that means. Oh, Shelley. I love Shelley. Shelley deserved better, you know, misogynistic bassist and yeah. misogynistic mad doctor. She deserves to go to Paris, France. <laughs> I think my favorite one is I have a Shelley line that I really like, but I think I have to say my favorite one is Sister Jude when she's a little drunk and she's introducing the film and she says, oh, no, she or she's kind of, um, you know, introducing the movie night. 
And she goes, whether this is the start of a beloved tradition or another bitter disappointment is entirely up to you. <laughs> I think this is a little bit of a niche. Uh, it struck a niche chord because like, I'm primarily a film programmer. So like the, 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 the idea of like introducing or screening films for audiences and then going up on a stage and being like, it's up to you. You all suck. So are you going to ruin this thing or... Are you going to behave and enjoy it? I find very, um, very specifically funny. And um, also, of course, deeply, intensely patronizing to an audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good line. <laughs> very good line. Um, so shall we move on to the, the renamed sad butt? Is there a sad butt moment sad. of the episode? There wasn't a sad butt. Did you catch a sad butt? We don't see it, but I'm going to say Dr. Arden's was a sad butt because he got propositioned by his lady love, but he did not approve. And uh, he tried to sexually assault Shelley and got laughed at. So, and I mean, he's a horrendous man, but still, does that count as a sad butt? Yeah. Well, I don't know now. Do we have to see the butt for it to... To know that it's there. Oh, am I complicating a very straightforward category? <laughs> <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like it's changed now. Oh, no. Okay, no. No sad butts. No butts at all in this episode. Okay. What about the MVP of the episode? I'm sorry. I'm still going to say Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's like, all I do is weird, 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 no matter what. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Satan's killing it at this moment. Sister Mary Eunice. I guess Sister Mary Eunice, but really it's Satan. It's just Okay, I'm I'm gonna yeah. go with you and Satan this week. Yeah, Satan wins. Yeah. Killed somebody, got to be all sexy, was rude, <laughs> winning. <laughs> and then did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week? Shelley does bring up the writer. Anais Nin, which I thought was weird. Yes, she does. Because she's when she's talk about wanting to go to Paris, mm -hmm. France, <laughs> she is like, there. Oh, there, <laughs> there. Anais, is she embraced her sexuality. Everybody in France loves sex. Yeah, that's all they do all the time is have sex in France. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, have you read Delta Venus? But like, <laughs> look, Shelley. As a French person, I'm gonna tell you now, you could you don't just go to Paris and they're like all having sex all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sometimes they have croissants <laughs> in between. And sometimes they write books. Sometimes they'll go to a museum. Sometimes they'll uh yell at you in the street because you have a ladder in your tights which happened to me one of the last times an <laughs> oh old woman just was like your ladder your tights has a has a ladder in it i was like i don't know what you want me to do about it old <laughs> french woman oh my God. <laughs> um so not always having sex in france i'm sorry that sounds like something sister jude would do it was so weird <laughs> it was so rude <laughs> Like, it's not like a fly that's open. You can't yeah. fix a ladder in your tights on the street. Yeah, and she wasn't doing it to sort of be like, I'm just informing you of this in case you didn't know. Mm. She was like, devil child, 
splatter in the tights. <laughs> I can see your bare leg through a tiny little hole. I just say, yeah. Anyways. I've got one, which is uh which is a tiny small one and it sort of um piggybacks with the with the cinematic references of this week's episode. And that's that so in The Sign of the Cross, the lead role of Emperor Nero is played by Charles Lawton. Uh, and Sister Jude kind of references so she really loves Claudette Colbert, Colbert and she's like, Oh, she's the only Hollywood star that I approve of. But which is weird. Yeah, it is weird, especially because the scene that they play that Claude Colbert acts in in the film is quite sexy. And also the scene that like is then removed from the film was removed from the film by the uh, censors, like had very explicit lesbian uh, text in it. So I'm like, sister dude, are you watching the same movie as we are? Because. And that's, she was kind of, famous for because the two things i feel like she's really remembered for are cleopatra where her it was like basically titties out in that movie like the movie the costumes in the 1934 cleopatra are incredibly like sexy Mm. and also it happened one night where she has that hitchhike the hitchhiking scene where she um is it with clark gable Mm -hmm. and she just like hoist her skirt up to, yes. to get the car to stop and it's like leg yeah which obviously in today it doesn't really mean much but in the 1930s would have been a little bit scandalous mm-hmm. so so i don't yeah so sister jude loves claudette colbert but she does not like charles lawton who she references as like an i, I quote from the show an enormous whoopsie meaning that he's gay. And Charles Lawton was... He was married to Elsa Lancaster, who most famously played the Bride of Frankenstein and was a a very accomplished stage actress in the same way that he was a really accomplished and really famous stage actor as well. But he is now, I think, by his biographers, kind of it's been acknowledged that he was bisexual. Um, But there were kind of the, the generalized rumor was that um he he was a gay man but that's a very uh insensitive way of referencing someone who maybe or maybe not had to live in the closet during his lifetime also i've never heard the word whoopsie being used yeah me either that way before like i was really confused for a second when she said it so it's like whoopsie to me is like you know, like if like someone's like accidentally peed their pants. <laughs> yeah, like ooh, like she's done a whoopsie. Yeah, to me would be like that person has had an accident in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really confused for a second, but I guess that was a a slang term, derogatory slang term at the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Sister Jude is the wokest character in the show no <laughs> no, no by a long stretch no, i would say not that no <laughs> no not at all no so hmm, that's it for movie night and Briarcliff. so the insensitive historical references were also a bit cinematic but aside from the sign of the cross did you notice any more cinema references in this episode 
Well, I know this was stupid because I didn't pick up the movie night being from Shawshank Redemption. Um, but also the them coming out the tunnel yes! in the rain. That's Shawshank Redemption That's as well, That's very Shawshank right? Redemption-y. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because even the shot is like an overhead shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. That's that's what he did, right? And he's like, yes, yes rain. Yes. yes, totally. Yeah, I had that in my in my notes as well. And, you know, Shawshank Redemption is like the most, one of the most famous films about a prison escape. I love that they combine both of those references to it. Oh, and actually, wait, there's another one. Oh. Sister Mary Eunice putting the lipstick on mm-hmm. is from Black Narcissus, right? Oh, I don't pick up on that. The red lipstick. Because that is a movie about nuns mm-hmm. and there's a sort of corrupted nun in that who, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not demonic in that film, mm-hmm. but that her, her big expression of sexual liberation mm-hmm. in Black Narcissus is that she puts on red lipstick and everyone's like, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I don't pick up on that at all. I would genuinely love it if that's like an actual intended reference in the episode. I wouldn't be surprised considering how sort of I don't know. I feel like the so many of the film references in this season are I don't know, they're so like careful and and intentional mm-hmm. and the shots are all lined up to look the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's shot in the same way, but I just did immediately think of that. Amazing. So that's it for Movie Night at Briarcliff. And what can we expect in the next episode? In the next episode, a woman identifying herself as Anne Frank arrives at Briarcliff. This is a two-parter episode that is, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> you couldn't even say that with like without laughing. <laughs> no, it's quite quite the two part episode we've yeah. got coming up. Um, yeah, we're talking about insensitive historical references. This might be an all timer. <laughs> <clears throat> we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of American Horror Story Asylum. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. I'm on at Clarice Lou. And I am on Anime Demented. And Frank. <laughs> Here we go. Chameau ni diligence, il parcourt l'Europe à pied, Scandinavie ou Provence dans la sainte pauvreté. Dominique Eliquenique s'en allait tout simplement, routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.